opinions expressed on ACB Radio are those of the respective program contributors and do not necessarily reflect views held by the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. Welcome, everyone. I'm Patty, and tonight we have Debbie Hazelton as our host. And, and streamer. And I believe you have everyone muted at this point. Is that correct, Debbie? No, everybody's not muted, but okay. they, they could mute themselves. Um, you can mute yourselves, and then we're going to introduce ourselves so that our speaker knows who we are and where we are from. And he's trying to unmute himself, so hopefully it's going to work for him. And so we we'll are begin, on um, ACB Radio as well, on the community stream. So welcome to our listeners. Welcome to our listeners. Thank you, Debbie, for reminding me. Um, we'll begin with people's names who begin with your first name. If it begins with A through G, can you raise your hand? And Debbie will um, give you the go-ahead to speak your name and where you're from, please. Okay, I see Cindy. Cindy? Uh, yeah, I'm Cindy Hollis from Flat Rock, Michigan. <laughs> Three weeks now. Woo, woo. <laughs> mm-hmm. Let's see. Why is this? Okay. Uh, let's see. Uh, Eugene, veteran Eugene. Hi, this is uh, Eugene from Clearwater, Florida. Okay. And Alan? Alan Robbins, I think it says. Alan, would you like to unmute? Oh, Alan Raymond from Ontario, California. Okay. Hi, Alan. Very good. Amy. This is Amy from Dallas, Texas. Okay. Welcome, Amy. She's new to our group. Welcome. And let's see. I think that's a. Oh, and let's see. Ann Smith, but didn't have a hand up. Hand up. Okay. Is there one more, Debbie? Uh, I don't think so. Okay. If we miss somebody, we can catch them. How about H through N, please? Let me, let's see. I wonder if I need to lower all these hands. Oh, goodness. Let's see. More options. Let me lower all hands. Okay, can we start over with, you said, H H through N? N. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, Why am I not? Okay, let's see. Okay. Um, Larry. 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 This is Larry. Okay. Jaws doesn't say my name right, and... (laughs) We'll, we'll forgive Debbie this time. <laughs> probably hasn't probably ever seen my name. Oh on goodness! Anything. <laughs> I'm Larry from South Dakota. All right, and let's see. I think that's all I see on this. Oh, we just had. Did we, we just get another one? Hand. We just had see. another one. Jay Rasmussen. Oh, Rasmussen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Jay Rasmussen, Tucson, Arizona. All right. Hi, Jay. Anyone else? H through N? No, I don't see any others. Okay. How about O through the end of the alphabet? Okay, let's see. Uh, Patricia. Yeah. Where are you from? 
Patricia? Yes. Where are you from? Nobody. To research options for the countertop and wood finishes. Regarding the flash ledge. I guess I didn't see a hand raised anyway, so. Okay. Okay. Is that that all then, Debbie? Hi, it's Vanessa. Okay. Oh, hi, Vanessa. Hi. Yes. Are you from 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 Chicago? Chicago? I am. Mm -hmm. To turn properly. And did we miss anyone? I don't think so. Let's now, can we get Robert to un? Yeah. Can we get Robert to unmute? And you, you can introduce yourself, Patty. Oh, and and I'm Patty from Wisconsin. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> showing Robert is unmuted. Robert, oh, Robert. Good. Yeah, Hello. Robert, speak. Woof woof. <laughs> well, this is Robert Soller, everyone, and he has um, compiled a. His uh, a multitude of information about violence and how we deal with different types of, of situations that we may encounter at home. And he may even speak a little bit about as we're out and about in our community. He's also written some books and hopefully he'll share those with us because I think they would really be wonderful to get onto Bookshare. So hopefully we can help him with that. Robert, would you like to take over, please? Sure, I can take over very easily. My name is Robert. Sollers. I've been in, sec- in the security field for almost 40 years. Uh, my first 20 or so was I worked out in the field, checking on other security officers and accounts and stuff like that. And then after moving to Arizona, I went blind. But I've continued in the field with training and writing and uh, consulting and all those types of things. I mainly deal with workplace and school violence prevention. But I, about 25 years or so ago, I got into home security when my local TV station back home wanted uh, me to come on and, and do some stuff with them on home security. So that's how I got started with that. Okay. Well, we, where would you like to begin, Robert? We'll, we'll let you take the lead. Okay. I, I, I can definitely do that as well. The, the first thing about home security or apartment or wherever it is that you happen to be living is you have to be aware of what's going on around you. Now, I'm not going to tell you that you need to be paranoid to every little sound that's out there, but I will tell you that you need to pay attention, especially if you're disabled and blind, you have to pay attention to what's around outside and inside the house at all times, never taking anything for granted. One of the things that I learned uh, 35 odd years ago was that a, when you're in a warehouse at three o'clock on a Sunday morning and it's dark and there's only lights, you know, every 50, 60 feet or whatever the case may be, you can have rats or other animals, raccoons, whatever, inside the warehouse. Doesn't matter what kind of a warehouse it is. And you will, they will sound exactly like somebody trying to break in and doing something inside the warehouse, stealing merchandise, trying to get in to do whatever they want to do inside the warehouse. So you have to be, the best way to put it is be hyper vigilant about what's around you. And a lot of people have called me paranoid because every little sound that comes around me at nighttime, uh, you know, I'm usually awake and trying to pay attention to what's going on. If after a couple of seconds, I don't hear anything else, I just let it go and knowing that it was nothing to be worried about. But you, I've always been a light sleeper. And that is one thing that's helped me to be able to... Uh, have the situational awareness as to what's going on that. And I have a cat that always comes and likes to pounce on me. If there's something going on outside, 
So she, she's always been helpful in that regard. But when you're coming up to, let's say that somebody's at the front door, there's a couple of things or the back door for that matter. And you don't know who it is. You're not expecting anybody. One of the first things that you should do is take your phone with you, whether it be a landline phone, a wireless landline phone that you can always turn it on and dial 911 before hitting send. And if something happens and you have to hit send, 911's already getting on the line before somebody can get inside the house to do anything with you. Or if you don't recognize who those people are, then you just, you know, obviously you don't open the door for anything, not to, to talk to them not to see who they are, not to do anything, especially if you're not expecting. Uh, that's more coming up more and more to be true uh, during the holiday season is that, you know, you've got UPS and FedEx and all these other places, Amazon too, for that matter, are delivering till 7.30, 8 o'clock at night. And so I've seen UPS and a couple of the complexes I've lived at down here that deliver till 9.30, 10 o'clock at night. So if you're not recognizing cars outside, as that's pulling up out front and you know stopping you need to pay attention to what's going on if, and if you're not expecting a delivery then don't open that door for anything no matter what and be always be prepared to call the police if something just doesn't sound right or feel right when you go to the door gut instinct is the best way to put that if your gut instinct is telling you don't do something or something's wrong listen to it because the one time you don't listen to it that's when something's going to happen to you and again, it doesn't matter whether you're whether you're disabled or whether you're you know fully uh, sighted or whatever the case may be. If you're not intent on trying to protect yourself, somebody's going to be able to barge in. Another, go ahead. I'm sorry. I don't think this guy knows what he's talking about. <laughs> There's one thing too when you go to the front door or the back door that I've taught a friend when she moved into her apartment here about two years ago is that you put whatever side the door opens, if the door opens on your right and that's where you're pulling, opening it up, put your left foot behind the door and then your left shoulder into the door as you open it up to get a look at whoever's outside. Number one, that will prevent somebody from just pushing in on you if you're leaning on it the right way. And it gives you the leverage to push back and lock the door again, if necessary, so that you can get away and Go to your cell phone or landline, whatever, and call the police with whatever device it is that you um, are going to use. Uh, there's a lot of different devices out there, MetAlert, and as well as your phones and stuff like that that you can use to call if somebody's trying to push into the front door. Um, unfortunately, that there are a lot of people out there that walk around and will try to get you to open the front door for one reason or another. And the younger you are or the mo more vulnerable you are, which... Sorry, ladies, but you are very vulnerable, especially this time of year, to somebody trying to get into the house, especially if they don't know that there may be somebody else in the house other than a dog or a cat or something like that. So you really have to pay attention to who is out there. You need to ask the questions. Who are you? What are you doing here? Why are you here? Those types of things. You've got to be extremely intuitive. And if you want to use, <clears throat> excuse me, if you want to use the metaphor, that you used in high school in your journalism classes, use the five W's and H. Who, what, when, where, why, and how. Those are the questions you need to ask anybody who comes to your door when you're not expecting me. Those, those will give you all the answers you need to know. And if something, again, if something doesn't sound right, then you just let them go and say, sorry, I don't want any of that or whatever the case may be. However you would normally say something like that, 
and then leave the door locked or close it again and relock it. So that's that's the thing with either the front or the back door if somebody comes up to the door. If you have a light out on the front porch or back porch, wherever it is that they come, make sure when you go to that door, you turn on the light. Because if they are a criminal, criminals are like cockroaches. They don't like the light. Because if you turn the light on, somebody else is going to be able to, might be able to recognize them doing whatever, uh, coming up to your door and trying to break in or get you to open the door or whatever the case may be. So even if they say they're the police, you know, the police will tell you that they're from whatever police department and they're here to answer a call about such and such and whatever. They're never going to hesitate about telling you why they're there and why they want to talk to you and have you open the door. The other part of securing your home and yourself is keeping every single door and window locked and or secured at all times. And a startling statistic to most people is that 80% of thieves and burglars will come in through the front door. The front door, not the back door, not a side window, but the front door. And that's usually because people leave the doors unlocked or partially open. And that, that's, you don't want to do that. You want, if you have locks on the windows, you need to lock those windows. And if you have patio doors, sliding doors, you need to take a little, uh, wooden rod and put into the tracks of those windows or doors to keep them from being open. If, cause if somebody opens those, that door or window and tries to slide it too hard with a wooden, uh, pole in there, they're going to, it's going to hit. It's going to make noise and there's a good chance it could pop out of the crack and fall to the floor before they catch it, which means they don't want to be around making noise. So they're probably going to take off when that happens. Now, if you live in an area where you don't need air conditioning, I think Patty said that she lives in Wisconsin. Okay. I lived up North for a few years myself. So I understand you take your window fan, you put it in the window, you put the window down on the fan at the top. If those, that's the type of window you have. Then you take one of those, dowel rods that you get at Lowe's or Home Depot or whatever, and you put it above the window so that nobody can push that window open further if to go up. Now, if it's you've got the fan there, you keep it as tight as you possibly can, that window as tight as you can on that uh, fan, and you can, there's always holes in the bottom of the fan box that you can screw them or nail them to the window sill if you have those. And all that means is if a burglar is going to come in, they have to make noise to get into the house. Again, if you happen to have casement windows, like a lot of uh, newer construction had, you know, 20, 30, 40 years ago, then the same thing goes as if you're not having a box fan in there. You just put it in the uh, dowel rod in the tracks behind the window so that it can't be opened that way. These, the end, you know, I grew up and was in business. I, always had to make sure that everything was cheap enough, but effective enough to get things done. And dowel rods are one of the easiest things to do. And you, you don't even have to have a dowel rod if you don't want. If you have an old broom, you can cut part of it off and put it in there too. Whether it be a metal broom or a wooden broom, doesn't matter. They'll work just the exact same as a wooden dowel rod. And you don't even have to uh, go out purchase one of those. But always keep your windows and your doors locked all around the house. And that includes your doggy door too, if you happen to have one of those. Oh. There, I'm sorry. There have been instances where thieves will knock on doors and the windows at the front 
But if they, and if they hear a dog or hear a dog out back, they will go around to the back of the house and look for the doggy door and climb in through that doggy door to get into your house. And then they have free reign. They don't have to worry about breaking in because they're inside and they can unlock the doors and carry everything out through the, through the window or the door or whatever the case may be. So you have to make sure that even the doggy door is locked if you're leaving the house for any reason. And the same goes for back gates, side gates, front gates. Again, whether they are wrought iron, chain link, brick, wood, doesn't matter. Make sure those gates are locked to prevent people from getting in to your yard where they can work unhindered at trying to break into you. Someone's jaws, please mute. Was that what that was? Was Jaws? Or some screen reader, yeah. Okay. No. I, I've had that happen before, too. So, I, <laughs> Anyway, uh, but the next step you want to take with your home security is make sure that you have lights at the corner of the house that you can easily turn on, probably either from the front door, back door, or your bedroom. Because, again, thieves and burglars do not like to be in the, in the light. And if you have floodlights on the corners of the house, then you can turn the lights on when you need them and they will be illuminated and they're not going to want to stay there. They're going to more than likely, unless they have an other agenda other than breaking in, they're going to be taking off and running away from your place. Now, if you would prefer to buy an alarm system, you can buy an alarm system. There's tons of those on the market that are fairly inexpensive, somewhere between four to five hundred dollars they have them for apartments they have them for houses uh mobile homes it doesn't matter what it is and those also go along with surveillance cameras that can actually take pretty good pictures because they're high definition like a ring doorbell or uh, i think ring has other devices out there now where you can put them all around the house there's all kinds of home security equipment out there that you can purchase if you want if you really want to but that those aren't necessarily the best and most uh, efficient ways to spend the money to secure your home. Basic common sense is the best way to do things. And, you know, but once, if somebody does get into your house, this is where protecting yourself and anybody else in the house with you, whether it be your wife or kids, grandkids, dogs, cats, whatever the case may be, will come in handy. And this is where more so over the house is where you really have to pay attention to what you're doing, whether you can see the people or not. Again, situational awareness. If you pay attention to where the person is, it'll be easy to incapacitate. And I really don't, doesn't really matter whether or not the person is uh, six foot four and you're only five one. Doesn't matter. You can still disable them very, very easily several ways. Uh, number one, if you take your, the, if somebody's coming towards you, you can take the heel of your hand. Harden it as best as you can and hit them on the nose. Not on the nose, but just under the nose. You push in and up. And at the very least, they're going to start crying because that's going to activate their tear ducts. In the worst case scenario, they're going to back off and their nose is going to start bleeding so profusely, they're going to leave blood everywhere inside the house and on the way out. Okay. The very worst scenario is if you hit them hard enough, you could kill them. But with all respect, Somebody's breaking into your house. Most, you know, if you can take a firearm and shoot somebody and kill them inside your house, using your hand to kill somebody isn't that far away. So, I'll, you know, that's not a, that's not such a big deal. 
Another way to incapacitate somebody who's coming into the house is you take, I don't know if any of you have ever taken karate lessons, judo or martial arts, but you take your hand and you flatten it into the sword position, which means you've got your knuckles are rigid and your hand is flat as it can be. And you take your knuckles and you can hit them in the throat. Oh, yes. Hit them in the throat and they're not going to be able to do anything. Or you hit them in the solar plexus, which is just above the stomach and below the uh, where the sternum is. But you have to hit them hard in that spot. It'll knock the air out of them and they probably won't be able to breathe for a little bit. And if you keep doing that to them and smacking them around the head and shoulders, they're probably going to get up and take off. And that's that's basically what you want to do. Then you can go and settle settle yourself down and let your heart rest while the police are on their way to coming to assist you to get out. Now, if somebody was to come up behind you and grab you, and this, again, male or female, doesn't matter, you take your foot and you smash your foot into their instep as hard as you can. If you're wearing shoes, okay, that's going to be even better. For women, if you're wearing high heels, that's even better. <laughs> Back them on the instep and they're not going to hold on to you because they're going to be backing off, hobbling, trying to get away from you because you're a little bit more, got a little bit more fight than they were expecting. Another way to do this, do that, is to take, and if they grab you from behind, you're going to know about how big they are. If it is, you can do it efficiently. If they're not too tall, you take your head, bring it forward to your chest, your chin on your chest, and then with everything you have, you bring the back of your head and make sure that it connects with their nose and their mouth. Number one, that's going to almost instantly blacken their eyes. Number two, it's also going to start blood flowing profusely out of their mouth, broken teeth, and nose. And again, they're not going to want to sit there and try to do anything while they're bleeding so profusely all over the house and leaving DNA everywhere. Okay. Another thing to do is if you're facing them, I don't know how many of you have ever heard of cauliflower ears, or if you're old enough to know what a cauliflower ear is, but you take your fist or you take just the palm of your hand and you smack them on the ear as hard as you can. And that generally will cause, eventually, if they get hit there enough, will cause their ear to become lumpy. And it's going to sting no matter what they do. So that that's uh, an attitude that you can take if they're, if they're facing you. Now, women, you are at a definite disadvantage of potentially being raped. And while that is a serious thing to happen, I understand that. But there are ways you can protect yourself if somebody has you down and they want to rape you. Number one, take your hands, put them on the side of somebody's face, like, you know, uh, a husband or a boyfriend, a lover, whatever it is. And you put your thumbs and caressing their face. But then you put it in the corner of their eye and just dig as hard and as fast as you as you can. And if you do it in the right way, right in the very corner of their eye, there's a good opportunity that you're going to pop their eye out of the socket. And in that case, there's no doubt they're going to take off because if they're, you know, it's not comfortable. For those of us that are blind, we know, we know what it's like to have surgery on our eyes. We know what it's like to get hit. And if you only went blind uh, recently or you weren't blind as a kid, then you know what it was like to get a get a shiner to have somebody's fist in your eye. And you, do, they, you don't really want that kind of thing because it is very, very painful. The other thing is to just to take the old fashioned when you were in elementary school, 
what were you told to do to some boy who was bothering you? You take your knee or your, your foot and you kick him right between the legs as hard as you possibly can. That, I will guarantee, will put them on the ground, depending on how hard you kick them. Uh, and if you're wearing pointed sh- shoes and not like tennis shoes or something like that, it's going to make that hurt even worse. And there's a possibility you're going to crush one of the testicles while you do it. Another part of that is you take and hold on to their testicles and then you start squeezing. Believe it or not, a man's testicle is the consistency of a plum. And if you squeeze hard enough, you're going to crush it. And I don't know too many men that are going to withstand that having happened to them without running off and screaming or laying on the floor waiting for somebody to come take them away to someplace safe. So those are those are just some of the techniques that you can utilize. It's been my experience that you take and you do whatever you have to do to protect yourself. If that means picking up a fry pan, even if it's full of hot grease, doesn't matter. You whack them with it. You got a knife, butter knife, steak knife, you whack them, you hit them with it, you stab them with it. There, the human body is very, very fragile. And I don't care how muscular they are, you hit them in the right spot, they're going down. You could even take an ice pick and be very lethal with that by sticking it through their mouth and up into their brain from the very underneath their, uh, underneath their chin. So moving on to porch pirates and uh, people stealing stuff off your porch. There's a lot of ways you can prevent those things from happening too. Uh, you can have it either if you're still working, if you can have it delivered to the office at work, that's good. You can take it out to your car whenever it, you know, comes to you or keep it in your next to you while you're working and then take everything out at one time or whatever. Have a neighbor do that for you, sign for it and hold on to it. Or you can always have surveillance cameras in front. And if somebody comes up and picks it up, if that camera is high definition, you'll definitely get a good view of who it is as well as who it, the car, excuse me, that they're driving in order to have a good description of them and the car. And there's a good chance that you will be able to give that to the police and the police will be able to catch them. It's never a good thing for somebody to steal from you, especially at this time of the year, but it does happen. And we all have to be extremely vigilant. And despite the time of the year where we're supposed to have goodwill towards man and love everybody, the criminals do not love everybody. They love themselves and they love their habits, whether that be booze, drugs, or just plain uh, mischief and wrongdoing to somebody in somewhere. So now I will not to overload you with everything because I know I already did a lot of that stuff. Uh, does anybody have any questions or need anything clarified? If you raise your hand, Debbie can um, recognize you. Alan. Alan, let's see. Uh, let's see. Oh, okay. Now you're unmuted or you can unmute. Oh, gosh. Can you unmute? I'm. Let's see. Alan, I keep trying to unmute you. I'm sorry I muted you. I was trying to deal with the noise. Let's see. I can't get you unmuted. How about if we go to the next person? I will, just a second here. Yeah, I will, just a second. I have unmuted you. There you go. All right, good. All right. I had to turn off the speech. I'm sorry I had it on. That's okay. Um, 
I was staying with a friend of mine, and someone tampered with their windows. They, the individual was partially sighted and found boats outside the window. Okay, they found what outside the window? Boats outside the window. That means the boats that held the window in place was found on the ground outside the window. Yeah, th th there's th that's one way that people try to gain access to your house. That's also where blocking the window with the dowel rods okay. and or keeping them locked somehow uh, so that nobody can come in that way, especially if you're not putting a fan in there. You know, keep the windows locked. Uh, because I know a lot of the newer apartments or houses have aluminum windows and they're bolted in from the outside. They're, they're, they're accessible. For, okay, that's where you need to talk to the apartment complex and voice your concerns to the complex okay. because they can also have a police officer come out in their crime prevention unit and tell them the same thing, that that's not safe, especially if you're uh, disabled, you know, blind or partially blind, whatever the case may be. Yeah, because she was totally blind. He was partially sighted. Where was she hysterical? Yeah, well, again, that's that's one thing they need, you know, your friend needs to either talk to the complex manager and she has to be extremely, I'm not saying she has, you know, she has to be um, really forceful or, you know, threaten them or anything, but she has to be extremely forceful in letting them know that that's not safe for her. Yeah, because she had just gotten home and she had things missing by the time we got there. Yeah, I, I can imagine that. Um, I I lived on the uh, third floor. Every plate apartment I lived in here in, Ar in Arizona, uh, I was always on the third floor, so we didn't have to worry about it. Or the window was too high up off the floor in order for somebody to come in. So. Okay. In, in that respect, that's one of the things that I always look at it, uh, when I we moved into an apartment or something, is that the windows were high enough that somebody actually had to make a lot of noise or go to a lot of trouble to try and get in. Thank you, Alan. Thank you, Alan. Jay? Yes, when you're looking for a place, what? how is the best way to look for a place when you're moving into a new area? When, when you're moving into an area? Yes. Okay. Basically, you want to do, if you're going to look at an apartment or a house, doesn't matter. Uh, I, and I've done this when I was blind, too. I walked, my wife and I uh, were renting a house. And I w went in the house, I turned to the left, and I walked all the way around the house, being every single window, every single door in that house, making sure that it had the locks and everything else where we could lock it. And we knew exactly what the house, I knew what the house looked like from the inside. And basically, that's what you have to do. You just have to go through, if, if you're blind, you have, you have to go through, and nothing untoward here, but you have to feel up the house from the inside just to make sure that everything's fine. If you're partially sighted or you're fully sighted, the same thing applies. You can just kind of take a cursory look at the window. Oh, okay, it's got a lock on it. I don't, you know, is it, then you hit the lock and make sure it's not, it's not loose or needs to be tightened, whatever the case may be. The next step is to walk around the outside of the place for the same reason. You need to look, if you're blind, it's gonna be a little bit harder, but you have to make sure about the landscaping outside the house to make sure it's not going to hide somebody trying to uh, covertly get into the house using the bushes as a as a block from the uh, streets and if there's lighting outside for you for that you can turn it on to chase somebody away uh, the angles of where the fences are the lighting the trees the bushes if there's anything covering the windows uh, I know back home in the Midwest people like to have bushes and everything grow up over their front window sometimes like rose bushes or something, ivy or whatever. 
And while it's attractive and ornamental, that isn't exactly the best thing you want to do. Because first of all, you can't see them. If you're blind, you're not going to be able to see outside to see if somebody's hiding there to come inside. And even partially, if it's nighttime, you'll have a hard time seeing it too. So you just need to, as I say, go through front, inside and out and feel up the house. Everything that's in there from the doggy door to the windows to even to the uh, vent for the uh, kitchen stove. Because people have tried climbing down kitchen stove uh, <sighs> columns to get into the house. Doesn't all, it doesn't work very well most of the time, but people have done it. Wow. Lorraine? Would you also want to call 911? I mean, not 911, but the non-emergency number for to see how the crime area is about the crime? That's, that's another good idea, yeah. You can sometimes, now, not all, you, when I was in the process of writing uh, my first book on home security, which never got published, by the way, I never finished it. Back in the early 20 years ago, there used to be, most police departments had a site or a page on their website where you could go type in your zip code and some of the larger cities like maybe LA, Chicago, could actually type in your street address and it would give you the crime numbers for, the, for that neighborhood. Now, I don't know with everything going on with the police now, it may, you know, who knows if they have those things or not, because, you know, it could be, it could be called racist because of uh, the neighborhood, you know, and the ethnicities living in that neighborhood. There's any number of reasons why they wouldn't have, have those things up there, including the financial resources to be able to do that. Uh, you, if you're gonna, if you can do that with the police department, you need to call their crime prevention office, and they should be able to tell you, give you a, at least a good idea of the neighborhood you want to move into, what kind of crime they've had there, what kind of crime uh, that they haven't had there, and and there's a big difference between obviously somebody being shot in the middle of the street and murdered than somebody you know coming in and, and uh, flattening your tires just as a prank. So. But it would be the crime prevention officer of the local police department. Wow, Lorraine. Wow. Anyone else? That the larger police departments will have a crime prevention officer. You get police departments in cities that are probably less than twenty-five, thirty thousand. They probably won't have one. So you, you know, they'll have to find time for an officer to come out and take a look. Lorraine, would you like to go next? Yeah. Um, you've mentioned lights on the outside. Um, I just want to say I live in an apartment and. If there are people on this call who live in apartments, um, it's a good idea to turn your lights on, um, even if you can't see them. I sometimes forget to turn them off, but uh, get a timer, whatever. Pay attention to when the sun goes down, you know, because that changes, and next week it's going to change again. Um, it's just a good idea to have lights on, even if you're home and even if you can't see them, because it gives... It lets people know that you're home. Yeah, even if you're not home, having Any. automatic lights that will come on and shut off um, are always a good idea. Uh, and if you live in an apartment, um, the first apartment that we lived in when we moved down here, the lights were supposed to come on. Uh, they were automatic lights, like most lights are now in compact. Well, the lights never came on because there was so much dirt and dead bugs and that stuff inside the light. From coming on, so make sure uh -huh. if you're totally blind, make sure you have friends that can look at those lights wherever they may be to see if they're coming on, and then you can move to the complex. 
any issue you have inside your complex. Whether it be, you know, you have to, you're coming in through to the apartment from the outside or whether it's an enclosed building, doesn't matter. Any issue you have with your safety and security, you need to report it and you need to keep reporting it. Even if they're telling you you're a pain in the butt and stop talking to them about it, you've got to keep reporting it. Because if you don't, then they're going to forget about it. And they're going to forget about you until something may happen to you. And then, oh, well, we didn't know about it, so that's okay. Make sure you document every time you talk to the complex about a safety or security issue. In other words, you write down who it was you talked to, the day of the week, the, the hour of the day, and what you called to talk to them about. You don't have to record it, but you need to make sure it's written down somewhere, whether it be a note on your uh, a voice or you send yourself a voicemail. Sit, uh, put something in a tape recorder, put it on your computer, doesn't matter. Just make sure everything is documented, including what you said, what they said. Eugene, okay. would you like to unmute? I uh, should be unmuted okay. to hear me. Yes. Hey, Robert, how you doing? Not too bad. How about yourself? Uh, I'm hanging in here. I'm retired deputy sheriff and uh, retired military law enforcement. Uh, a few things to add is, you know, like I mentioned once before, uh, several meetings. Hold on a second here. That, you know, what you do is get somebody that's sighted, do a drive-by of the area that, at nighttime, mm-hmm. see what it's like, see how many people are out roaming around. Uh, when you do go to get a house or an apartment, make sure your front door doesn't have glass in it. Uh, if you got glass there and you got a regular door lock, even a deadbolt that you turn, that's 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 ideal for a burglar. They'll Absolutely. use a glass cutter. They'll cut a hole. They'll reach in there and undo it. Uh, if you got the glass put your lock up there that requires a key on the inside yeah but you want to keep that key close in case you have to get out of the house you'll be able to find it and not have to look for it that's true with You're your right. uh, front porches get you the uh, detection devices that go up there in your light when somebody opens your front door at nighttime the light will come on yep and get somebody to check it occasionally to make sure that your light is still working yeah um, because a lot of times people want to break into the house, they may come by during the day, unscrew that bulb, then they come back at nighttime, that light's not working, you don't know it. Um, and with your uh, sliding glass doors, they do make a device that you can screw in the top up there so you can't lift the track up. Because right. most, yep. most doors, all you gotta do is go lift that sliding glass door up and take it out. Uh, you, can, you, can, it, you can do that without making any noise. That's true, and that's why I yeah. say, uh, you, using a dowel rod yeah. uh, so they can't slide it any, anywhere at all, yeah. even to lift it up and pull it out. And dowel rods are a lot cheaper than some of those yeah. other devices out there. And so most of your police departments will come out, if you want them to come out and do a inspection of your place to see if there's anything that can be improved on it, they will come out and do that free of charge. Most of them will, not all yeah. of them. Yeah, yeah. Most of them will. If the police won't do it, maybe your sheriff's department will. Yeah, or I mean, there and there are some places too, like Crime Stoppers. I don't know how many places across the country have Crime Stoppers anymore either. They can come out and do it too if you yep. can, uh, if you can actually get a hold of somebody. At one of those places. I mean, there's lots of places uh, that will come out and check out the house for you to do those types of things. But again, there's and there's some parts of the country that have glass in the front windows that, and if if you're not if those windows are not leaded glass. Okay, those are extremely hazardous to have in your front door. And leaded glass is, it's basically glass that's got uh, lead in it 
that's ornamental. It makes it look ornamental, but it makes also makes it a lot harder to break through without making a lot of noise. You can't just cut it and get inside. They're expensive. Don't get me wrong. They are expensive, but that, that is an alternative as well. All right. Okay. Anyone else? Okay. Anyone else? No one else? Okay. No. There are lots of devices out there. You can go to, um, you know, you can go to Walmart or uh, Home Depot or Lowe's or someplace like that. And they've even, in some cities, they have spy shops. They're, I don't know what they're, each one's called something different. But they have all kinds of devices that are usually good quality. You can go out and purchase to be able to put on your house and do things. I noticed one uh, about 25 years ago that had the noise of big barking dogs that if you cross, you, you know, it's, it was like an, a, a driveway alarm. If you step on that driveway alarm, it would set, set off an alarm. Well, these, if you got too close to the front door anywhere around the house, they'd set off an alarm that sounded like a big dog was going to come and take your leg off. And that, you know, if you're looking for an alarm system, you've got pressure pads that you can uh, bury under the windows so that if somebody steps on that, just like in grocery stores, you know, you step on, go in, you step on that pad or whatever. Well, used to, not anymore. It would open the door for you. Now that I got the infrared things above the door, still. Uh, there's lots of different things out there that you can look at. There's lots of different things that are in, individual can look at themselves to put and put where they need it to be to protect themselves and their house. You don't have to necessarily have to go out and buy something. You can find all kinds of, you have to improvise in your house sometimes to be able to do things. Um, there, you know, I had a friend back home who was, he was definitely had a lot of firearms and he kept firearms near every single door in the house, all four. Nobody else could see them, but if somebody tried to come into that house and he didn't know who they were, he could pull it out just as easy, easily and stop them from coming in. So it's, it's up to you how you want to protect your house. But knowing the way things are now and the crime level that we're seeing now because everybody's uh, been cooped up for six, seven months, whatever it's been, uh, you need to be a lot more aware of what's going on around you. You need to be aware that violence is on the increase everywhere because of the same reason that everybody's been cooped up and quarantined and all those things. Uh, violent crime is up 17 to 20 percent since the virus started. Eugene uh, has another comment. Yeah, there are simple alarms you can buy. Uh, Amazon, I've got them. They look like almost like bicycle locks. And you slip them over your doorknob and you turn the alarm on. And if anybody touches that doorknob from the outside, it will go off and it's at 110 decibels. Yeah. And it runs off of two AA batteries. And you can also set it up to where if uh, the wind, not the wind, but if somebody was to bump against the door, it'll go off. And they'll work on wooden doors and metal doors. They used to 25 and 30 years ago, you would buy those types of things out of magazines. Uh, usually get rich quick magazines were trying to sell people on that stuff. And they were they were cheap and they didn't work very well and they broke really easy. Now with being able to buy them at Walmart and the uh, home stores, 
and Amazon and all that, they're a lot better quality and they work a lot better and last a lot longer. So, you know, like I say, do whatever you have to do to secure your house. If it's, you know, if you find something that you think is going to work and it's only two bucks and you think it, what you think it may be better than something that's going to cost you 10 or 15, guess what? You purchase that and use that instead of spending a lot of extra money that you probably may not even have to spend on uh, protecting your house. And like I say, when you're protecting yourself, the best weapon you have is anything that's around you, including your head, your your foot, and your hand. Use whatever you have to do to protect yourself. Okay. I don't see any other hands. Okay. Well, Robert, thank you so much for what you've done for us. Um, I'm not sure if anybody else has any, any comments that they found things that have worked for them or um, have any other helpful hints before we uh, let Robert go. And do you have any final words, Robert, for us? Yeah, I'd like, I'd like to uh, give you my website as well as my books that I've written. Uh, not, they're not on home security, but um, if you have grandkids and you're worried about them going back to school, uh, I wrote, there was a book in, that was published in 2018 uh, called Murder in the Classroom. A practical guide for prevention and if you're still working I, there was one that was published this year murder in the office a practical guide for prevention they have all kinds of tips and it the people have called me a revolutionary because i'm not i'm not scared to blame one group over another uh as to what's going on and some of the things that i put in there will definitely be revolutionary for most people and you know they're good reads and it's solid information but it's up to you to be able to talk either the employer or the school and school district into operating them. Um, like I say, that's my main business is school uh, and workplace violence prevention. And the website is SollersViolencePrevention.com. And all the information you need about what I do, how I do it, you know, and all that stuff is there. Would you spell and, that? Yeah, it's S-O-L-L-A-R-S, Violence Prevention. Great. And, and you know, I, I'm a I'm a stats guy, so I can give you any statistic you want about either one of those. Um, you know, violence in our schools, at least in Arizona, is up 43 percent since 2017. Okay, 100 percent of all businesses has have had a workplace violence incident. 100 uh, percent. Well, and because you got to remember that most people, including law enforcement and the media, do not consider that somebody coming in to, let's just say McDonald's while you're at the counter and they just start screaming and yelling at you and saying they want this and you can't serve them that, that's workplace violence. Whether they hit you or not, it's not the point. Uh, the woman in, in, I think it was, um, oh, I can't remember where it was now, uh, in California who got up on top of a KFC counter a couple of months ago and just started stomping her feet and saying she wanted this and that and something else. And she what she wanted was a Big Mac, and she was in KFC. Gosh. Okay. Uh, so, you know, you have to, workplace violence is not what you think it is, and neither is school violence. And that's what, one thing that I try to, you know, tell people about, is to make the, the differentiate, differentiate what is and what it actually isn't. So, but I'm willing to answer any question anybody has on their personal safety, or home security or anything like that if you know they want to write me or do whatever okay 
Well, I want to thank you very much for spending time with us. Oh, no problem. I appreciate it. I like I like helping other people make sure keep them themselves safe. Um, I I've told a lot of people over the past couple of years that's what I was put on this earth to do was to protect people, and that's what I you know I fully what I intend on doing until the day I die. Hey, well, thank you. Very good information. Thank you. Yes, yes. Um, I was going to share one thing I did. I've I've just replaced all my exterior doors. And um, when I chose the, the main doors, I don't know, storm doors, I'm not sure what you call them, but the, the, main, the main doors with the locks and everything, um, I did go with um, glass that you can see out, but they have a really tough time seeing in, mm-hmm. which um, was advised by, um, actually, I was at a Menards, actually, the, they're the ones that suggested it. And one reason they said it was probably safer for me because then I knew that they couldn't see me very yeah. well. And I, I, I have to, I have to think that you live up in the Northland. Yes, <laughs> yes. Because Menards is one of those places that's only I, from North Dakota over to like Wisconsin. I think it's yes. the only place you'll find them. But and and um, I also installed the deadbolts. Mm-hmm. We have five minutes, and Linda Yax has her hand raised. Okay, Linda. I just want you. Jaws babbled while you're. Um, that's our screen reader. While you were telling the names of the books, could you please repeat oh, those? Sure. Uh, the first one from 2018 is Murder in the Classroom, a pr- practical guide for prevention. And the other one published this year is Murder in at Work, a practical okay. guide for prevention. They're okay. both available on Amazon and ebook and print. Okay, thank you. No, not a problem. Thank you. And we are almost out of time, correct, Debbie? Yes, we are. Uh, just okay. four minutes. Okay. <clears throat> well, thank you, Robert. And I do want to share with with my um, listeners that next week we are going to be doing um, theft identity. And I have um, a, a county investigator that has agreed to talk to us about the various types of theft identity. And I'm sure we'll have a lot to offer her as well. She said she will probably learn as much from us as she will be teaching us about various types of identity theft. So I'm, I'm looking, her name will be, her name is Erica, um, um, oh, it's Claxlin. So I'm looking forward to having her speak. And then um, in our following calls, we, we wanted to start doing something with um, like kitchen safety and how to manage things in the kitchen and um, various parts of our houses. We can break it into different rooms. And I've also been asked if I could find someone who could talk to us about interior decorating. You know, how, how what goes together, what looks nice, what's in right now, what colors match. If any of you have any ideas of speakers or somebody that could come in and talk to us, um, could you please let me know? And if you want to contact me, just send a message to Cindy and she will be more than happy to to forward your message to me. Very good. Any, there. Are we at the top of the hour, Debbie? Yeah, just, just about. Yeah. yeah, and I'm going to say, ladies, I appreciate you having me on. And so sooner or later, I'll come back on and talk more if you want me to. Okay. I like to talk. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all Thank have you. a good one. Thank you. You too. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank you, Patty. Thank you, Debbie.